Hello, hi, how's it going? Um, my name is Bonnie Violet. I'm a trans, femme, genderqueer, spiritual drag artist and digital chaplain. And in case you don't know who you are, you have found yourself at Drag and Spirituality, uh, Gender Diverse. Um, this is number eight, eight <laughs> of our 12 uh, week series. Um, our guest this evening is Kai and we will introduce him in just a moment. Um, I just want to take a moment to also um, thank the Dragon Spirituality Summit. Uh, the Dragon Spirituality Summit is a summit, uh, the first of its kind uh, to bring together uh, artists who do drag and are spiritual and like hang out. <laughs> um, so there's gonna be panels and keynote speakers and we're gonna have two drag night performances in some churches, as well as a family friendly event in a local LGBTQ center in Chicago. Um, go to dragonspirituality.com to register. Um, and, uh, and, uh, we also do have like maybe a couple of performance slots still available. It is a paid gift. So if you're interested and we'll be in Chicago, um, October 7th through the 9th, um, go ahead and hit us up. Uh, I also want to, uh, give a shout out and a thank you to, um, my Patreon members who support me and this work, uh, at, uh, Queer Chaplain. Um, that's at. That's a uh, Patreon for folks who might not know. It's a way that you can contribute on a monthly basis uh, to support the work of a queer chaplain, which are you know a number of podcasts um, and uh, some other kinds of workshops and those sorts of things. So um, the queer chaplain really tries to make everything accessible and free. <laughs> um, so in doing that, um, you know, it just makes things uh, challenge to. Um, I guess, to produce things. So if you're interested in supporting us, I click the link in the description to the Patreon. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of some of this stuff on the screen. <laughs> um, and I'm going to go ahead and bring on our guest also. Um, uh, please do in, like engage with us, ask questions, make comments, um, and we'll engage with you as best as we can. Um, whether you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook or Twitch, um, or if you're listening to us on a podcast after the fact, you can always uh, feel free to uh, find the links in the description and send a direct message to myself, um, or there will also be the links to our guest as well. So without further ado, I would like to invite Kai to the stage. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it feels so good to be here. I'm so glad to have you. It's been one of those uh, evenings with all kinds of technical stuff. Oh boy, was it. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate your uh, tenaciousness <laughs> um, with, uh, you know, with moving forward and making this happen. Um, so um, looks like we do have a comment I want to try to address. Uh, looks like Veronica Electronica um, says, howdy uh, from Nashville. Uh, Veronica will be joining us, I think, next week. Um, check out the link in the description. It'll tell you specifically. <laughs> uh, glad you could join well, us, howdy, Veronica. Veronica. Appreciate you popping yeah. on and saying hi. For sure. And can you tell the folks a little bit about you, like where you're at? And Oh, yeah, sure thing. So, uh, hi, everybody. Uh, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I am Kai the Drag King. I identify as a gender fluid, I gotta get all of them right, uh, gender fluid, demisexual, panromantic. Uh, I currently reside in Denaire, California, 
So a lot of people probably don't know where that is. It's a very small town in North Central California. I'm right in the middle of agriculture, uh, almond orchards to be specific. And um, I've, I am consider myself a baby drag king. Um, I've been performing since February of this year. So at the end of this month, it would be seven months doing drag for me. Oh, awesome. Okay, so being in your first year makes you a, a little one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> a baby still? Yes. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for introducing yourself a little bit more. Um, I uh, always like to start off this conversation with asking a little bit about my guest's childhood, um, whatever it is you feel comfortable, but with, will you share with me maybe a little bit about uh, your spiritual experience um, as a young person? Yes, of course. I'd be happy to. So I'm not originally from this area that I live in now. I'm originally from uh, Murphy's, California, which is a even smaller town uh, up in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Um, mm -hmm. I have uh, one sibling. I have a younger sister and I grew up with my mom and dad. Um, we were a very spiritual household. I grew up uh, going to church every Sunday. Um, uh, to preface this, um, my family is of the Christian religion. As far as a specific sect, I'm not exactly sure uh, what they are. Um, mm -hmm. My family was very much involved uh, with the church when I was younger. Uh, my sister and I were in the youth group. Um, I'm trying to think of the uh, Awana. It's like Cub Scouts, mm -hmm. but for church. Um, we did participate heavily in that for a couple years. Um, my grandmother sang in the choir. So um, my one of the pillars of my childhood was definitely, you know, growing up with spirituality. Mm -hmm. And did you um, did you enjoy that? Was that something you really um, like, you know, got life from and got fed from? Yeah, I mean, I was a our family was very much busy, very active. Uh, my sister and I both did sports, all different kinds of sports. We were uh, heavily involved in 4-H. So um, we didn't have a lot of socialization like outside of those. So going to church every Sunday, like it helped us to, you know, uh, interact with people and I'm trying to think of what else. Um, just you know, be, be members and in touch with our community, especially with it being mm -hmm. a small town. Right, right. And are you still connected with uh, that community or similar community now? And if not, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure thing. So currently I am not a practicing Christian, but I do consider myself a uh, spiritual. Um, I believe in having a uh, good morals and having a good code of ethics, just for the betterment of, you know, fellow man. Um, I am fascinated by other religions as well, not just Christianity. Um, part of who I am as a person is doing uh, research just to, just to learn more for knowledge's sake. So I have um, read into, you know, what's the basis of Judaism, Norse paganism, things like that. So what really drives me is more the curiosity, you know, the, the why and the how mm -hmm. behind that. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely relate to that myself. I had somebody ask me recently, they're like, they saw just the work I do and they're like, so are you Christian? I was like, I want to say that. I said, I, I'm, my, I feel like my religion 
is or my spirituality is queer um and or maybe just like seeking um how how was that like i guess what took you away from the church was it just because you moved or did you feel like it just wasn't in alignment with you or so there was a couple of factors over the years that led to um me drifting from the church the biggest thing was uh time i my activities as a kid transitioned from middle school into high school so i was going to school you know taking advanced classes um so my coursework was pretty hefty i still remained uh, involved with sports uh throughout my middle school and high school years and uh i became very involved with uh ffa future farmers in america so the only day i had a day off basically was sunday and okay. on those days was you know i had to get my homework done i had to take care of my animals so you know having balancing out time to take care of that became an issue um the other thing was when i graduated from high school and moved away you know i kind of had that disconnect from my home church you know moving away mm -hmm. and being on your own you you go out into the world and you're like okay now I'm away from my community. I kind of have to figure things out for myself. Um, mm -hmm. I did uh, my first semester of college. I did move in. I, I lived with a family. I didn't get an apartment on my own and they were a religious family. They went to church every Sunday. So um, I did go to quite a few services with them. But as I, you know, progressed through my college years, I just saw myself going less and less and i think part of that is i went to you know growing up i attended this church for 18 years of my life so trying to find another church to kind of serve as a replacement was a bit difficult for me because i didn't have that established you know friends and family base that i had back at home right uh it's awesome so it really just has come come to just um you know, just you have it not finding that community where you're at now. Um, I mean, I wouldn't. I, I'm still a spiritual person, but I, I don't think no offense to the Christian church. I just don't think that's the right place for me at this point in mm -hmm. my life. Will I circle back to it at some point, you know, down the road? Who knows? You know, we don't really know what the future holds for us. Right, right. Um, so um, just to kind of jump into the drag part of things, when was the first time you saw drag and what was your impression? Okay. So my first time seeing drag was Pride Month. I think it was towards the end of the month of uh, 2020 my um then friend now partner invited me to a drag show and um i was i was an ally at that point so i'm like oh okay this seems like really cool and just seeing that show for the first time just opened my eyes to the possibility of combining you know being queer your individual 
you know, spin on art, um, the lip syncing, the choreography, the costumes just mashed up into this amazing ball of performing. And it definitely opened my eyes into, you know, what I do today. Obviously, I was inspired by it because now I'm right, a drag queen. Right. So it was kind of love at first sight. Um, my, And then I just wanted to clarify. So it sounded like when you first saw drag, were you not a part of the LGBTQ plus community? Is that what you were saying? You were an ally? Yes, that's correct. And then how did drag or did drag play a role in that uh, changing for you? Yes. So it started off, I went to that one show and then it had been a while since I went to my next one. But the more I started hanging out with my partner and going to these shows, the more I, you know, drag really opened my eyes to, you know, these different people and how they all presented differently. You know, some are cis, some are transgender, um, some are drag queens, some are drag kings, some are drag in, be in betweens. And it really kind of, being in that community that was so accepting kind of you know a light bulb went off on my head like huh like i know i'm a really strong ally but i, I think i might be queer so it, it def that was definitely the start of my queer journey yeah yeah and um can you talk this is a um this is a gender diverse series so can you talk with me a little bit about how you understand your gender today um, outside of drag? Yes, of course. So um, as I mentioned in my introduction, I do identify as gender fluid. So for me, um, it means that I either identify as uh, more female, more male, or sometimes non-binary. It really depends on how I'm feeling that day. That's what I love about identifying as gender fluid because I can change who I want to be and how I choose to present myself however long I want. You know, I can go for, you know, a whole month as, you know, identifying as male and then all of a sudden change my mind. It's like, you know what? I feel like presenting as female or non-binary today. So um, I was battling back and forth for the longest time trying to determine, well, am I gender fluid or am I gen uh, non-binary? And there are key differences between the two, but after doing some meditating and self-reflection, I came to realize, I think gender fluid is more what I'm trying to think of, more how I wanna to choose to identify. Right, it kind of seems to land and fit you best. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and can you can you talk with me about the gender that your gender expression in drag as well? Yes. So um, with being gender fluid, I mostly present uh, masculine in drag, but I'm not afraid to play with play around with um, various bits of femininity. Um, I mm -hmm. love wearing um, women's boots. Um, I love sparkles. I mean, I'm wearing my sparkly bow tie right now mm -hmm. so what i like about drag is there's no wrong way to do it essentially um especially as of late you know th there's no rules you can play mm -hmm. with your persona and your costuming however you want 
And I just love having the freedom to, you know, choose my persona, you know, for each performance. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm hearing though, is though your, your drag isn't um, say gender fluid, because you do identify as a drag king, correct? But your kingness doesn't, does um, include some flamboyancy or some, some femininity within that understanding of uh, kinghood, if you will. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Um, someone on Facebook is saying, uh, thanks for sharing Kai. I appreciate hearing your story and how you exist in the world. Um, that's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've, we've dove in and we've covered a lot of bases, you know, um, as, as far as like around drag and spirituality. Um, what is, what do you feel is your, um, so what's your sexuality? You don't want to talk about that. I know yeah, you mentioned it in your bio, but could you explain that a little bit more to folks? Yeah, of course. I, I love the chance to, you know, explain my lifestyle or my um, own unique perspective on it. And then being able to educate people who might have questions. So I identify as demisexual panromantic. So demisexual falls under the ACE umbrella, basically. And the, ace is a asexual, spark- a- right? Okay. Ace is asexual. Um, basically, the spark notes version is in order for me to have a physical relationship with them, um, I have to have a strong emotional connection with them first. That's how I see. That's how I choose to interpret it under the uh, label, which I choose to label myself. And then um, panromantic, um, pan meaning it doesn't matter what your gender expression or how you choose to identify. Um, I choose to be intimate and love someone based on, you know, what's in here, who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Thanks for, uh, for clarifying that. I know sometimes um, I, I've uh, been in situations, especially like say with folks who maybe aren't part of the LGBTQ community and sometimes explaining the differences or even just explaining like, this is what demisexual is, or this is what asexual is or, or bisexual or even gender fluid. It can be so individual because I mean, I've, I've understood that. I mean, there are plenty of people probably look at me and say the way I live my life I should have these identifiers and I might not see myself that way um, as well as, you know, there are other people who are part of our community that it's kind of the same way. And yeah. what was the process of coming to under, uh, coming to that understanding for yourself? Um, I feel like the indicators were always there. I just didn't realize it at the time. Um, like I mentioned before, I grew up in a very rural part of California. Unfortunately, I wasn't exposed, you know, to the queer community growing up. So, uh, when I was going through my whole, you know, identity journey, looking back now, it's like, oh yeah, I was definitely like queer, you know, as a kid and growing up, I just didn't know, you know, what the word for it or like, how to explain those feelings were. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> oh, no, no, that was a good answer. I mean, I think I think some of the things around that is that um, 
was I going to say? Oh, and one of the things just to like to clarify that what I'm hearing too, it's not that like queer people <laughs> made you queer. It was like, I, for me, what my experience was is that I often felt like I didn't fit in with the people around me. I wasn't really sure how or what, but I just didn't feel like I just felt different. And because like you, I grew up in a small town too. It was like, I had no imagination and I didn't know what the possibility was and how I could exist. And it took me seeing other people living differently than I had seen before to really kind of come to a, a place to kind of allow myself that same freedom to really figure out what is it, who is it that I am? And I, I think for me, it was more of like finding an identifier to match who I was, not me lining up with an identifier, if that makes sense. Yeah, you completely nailed that on the head. I mean, I definitely went through like a whole roller coaster of, you know, what I am I and who I am I throughout my journey. Cause, you know, at, like I mentioned before, started going to the, you know, drag shows and being in the queer community, it's like, huh, I don't think I'm straight. And then that went to, oh, I think I'm bisexual to, oh, just kidding. I think I'm pansexual. And then, um, even though they're not, entirely related than landing on oh i don't think i'm cis i think i'm gender fluid mm -hmm. so yeah yeah definitely the those parts of me were there it was just you know being fine being in the queer community and you know finally growing into the person that i would be proud of you know as a kid looking mm -hmm. at me as an adult now yeah yeah and it's kind of like I guess I was kind of thinking of a light bright and maybe that's not quite the way, but I just feel like it's not that like, it's like we had these lights or these parts in ourself that were there, but they, I don't feel like they were lit up or they like, I didn't know how to really connect with them or hold them or express them. Exactly. What, what do you, go ahead. Oh, I, um, like when I was a kid, I knew I was different. Like it, it it's just, frustrating when you're not surrounded by the right group of people to be able to explore that kind of yourself and like, you know, metamorphosize into the person you want to be. So mm -hmm. you just, you know, deal with it the best you can and try to navigate your, just navigating your feelings when you're, you know, going through puberty and it, going into teenagehood is rough enough, but trying to do that and having an identity crisis, who am I? It, it's extra rough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, those things are difficult anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it could be so, it can be so challenging, you know, I think our, our especially like our teen years, or our preteen years, you know, those are very formative times. I think oftentimes when we don't get to express, like, I feel like that's a time that it can be more playful, in kind of the exploration, at least it doesn't feel as like, maybe there's as much risk maybe you know how like let's like once you're an adult then it's just like all those little like explorations if you will it's like you're doing it as adult instead of like some some child that's kind of like you know playing around trying to figure it out it's harder to do i think as an adult yeah i i would have to agree with you definitely on that Yes, and I want to invite folks. So we have a good number of folks who are watching the show tonight. So don't be shy. Uh, put those questions in the com in the comments. Whether it's a, a more clarifying question or if you have a different sort of question, don't um, 
don't hesitate uh, to ask the questions as well. Um, so it sounds like that was quite a process and you said drag kind of was a part of that, um, correct? Yes, that is very much correct. Okay. That was my understanding. And um, how did drag, I guess part of, can you talk a little bit about maybe how drag informed your understanding of your gender now? So, ooh, that's a really interesting question. Um, because of being gender fluid, you can, drag allows me to express, because I am AFAB, it allows me to express my more masculine side in an obvious display. Mm -hmm. And throughout my drag performances, I, I don't really have a niche type of performance. I like to consider myself a more of a chameleon king that does it all. So I'll do the, you know, the campy routines. I'll do the more, you know, sexy routines. I'll do, um, you know, different genres too. I've done like hip hop and country and metal. And I love having drag as an outlet to kind of be able to play with, um, different ideas of gender that have been stereotypically assigned to those who are AMAB. Mm -hmm. So it, it's yeah, just and, fun being able to explore that and experience right, and, it. Sorry. Do you mind telling folks what AFAB and AMAB means? Oh, of course. I apologize because I just assume that everyone knows That's what the okay. you know, queer <laughs> lingo is. Um, yes. So AFAB Stand, it's an acronym. It stands for uh, assigned female at birth. So I identify as a fab and then a mab is the opposite. It's assigned male at birth. Awesome. Great. Thank you for clarifying that. I think that um, there's been a lot of opportunities for us to maybe like expand people's understanding. I think oftentimes I think being in the LGBTQ2I uh, plus community too, it like sometimes we don't understand or no i know there's plenty of folks where i've used afab and they're like girl what's that mean <laughs> you know so i think it's always great to, to be able to kind of like um i don't know you know like explain things out a little bit more especially in mixed mixed company <laughs> yes of course and i'd rather do it in a controlled environment where the right information is being given versus mm -hmm. you know um people who spread um stereotypes and misinformation Mm -hmm. You you talked a little bit about earlier when you were um, kind of on your gender journey about meditation and those sorts of things. Is that part of your spiritual practice now? Or what would you say are some practices uh, that you do that are spiritual, part of your spiritual self expression? Yeah, yeah, of course. So uh, meditation is definitely one of my biggest cornerstones. Um, I do have... Uh, so fun fact about me, uh, I have ADHD and I'm also on the autism spectrum. So the way my brain works, it would be considered um, abnormal. So I have a lot of different, you know, thoughts and emotions racing through my head. So I really love using meditation as a physical tool, an emotional tool and a spiritual tool to kind of ground myself you know, become one with the universe, really, you know, look inward and outward. How can I better myself? How can I better 
you know, the people in my community. Um, my other spiritual practice is volunteering. Um, mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that if you need help with anything at all, I will be there at a, at the drop of the hat, you know, willing to help you out with anything. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I know a previous performer mentioned uh, food. That is a mm -hmm. huge part of my spiritual uh, repertoire uh, as well. Um, and it's interesting how I can see a pattern in myself. You know, when I'm eating, you know, not that great, eating fast food more often, I can kind of feel myself being more bleh. But if I pay attention to what I eat and, you know, choose more healthier options, I feel like it's more beneficial to myself, both physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. It's interesting how all these things you wouldn't think are connected, but they actually are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's so powerful too, because it sounds like you could do like, like, it seems like there's all these separate things. And I think sometimes it can be overwhelming. It's like, I need to do something for my body and I need to do something for my spirit. I need to do something for my mental and all that sort of stuff. But like you talked about, you're like, oh, if I eat well, that's actually going to impact my body and it's going to impact my mental health and my spiritual health. I think oftentimes one of the great things about these is that you can, um, like you can just focus on one area and uh, the other parts of self are also impacted. There is a question here. So Anne Dearson said, um, not allowed to explore gender or sexual orientation as a kid in the 60s and 70s. I've never done drag. I didn't feel comfortable exploring my gender until after my parents passed away. My late husband, who let me explore my gender identity, gave me the unspoken permission to get where I am today. I didn't transition and settle myself being transgender, female, non-binary, AMAB, until I was 53. I'm now 58. Wow. Wow. What a... Thanks. Yeah, like... Thank you so much for sharing. That. That is huge. I, I, I think... Yeah with um people in the queer community today specifically people who are more my age group i'm 27 by the way kind of take for granted that we we're not a hundred percent safe sometimes but we have more freedom to you know be able to express ourselves this way versus people you know our queer um elders who have come before who've had to you know suffer in silence mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks so much, Anne. Welcome to the LGBTQ plus community. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting how you know it's I, I've identities can be so liberating and can really help, I think, help us navigate in the world. But oftentimes, some of our uh, identities can also keep us like stuck. You know, I know for me. It took me, I didn't come out, I didn't really start living until my trans identity until I was 40, you know? And so there were a lot of other boxes and identities that I resided in um, that kept me from getting to, to, you know, where I am today. You know, like there were, like, because I thought I was a gay or identified as a gay man at some point in time, you know, I had, I don't know, it was just, it, I just noticed how, like sometimes these identities, you pick them or you select them or you use them. And then it kind of helps in some ways, it kind of tells you, it informs you on how you're going to live your life or how you're not going to live your life. And kind of even the people who are 
you know, who are going to be around you as well. Yeah. Have you had it? Have you ever had that experience with identity? Um, I would say yes and no. That's probably the reason why I, I don't like to put myself in a box, but sometimes it's necessary to kind of help those around you, you know, with identifying mm -hmm. who you are as an individual. I think that's part of the reason why I landed on gender fluid because I am very much in touch with my masculine and non-binary side, but I didn't quite want to give up my feminine side at the same time. Um, typically when I dress out of drag, I choose more masculine clothing items, but then there's times where I look at myself in the mirror. It's like, I I'm still a woman sometimes. So mm. I, I feel like it's kind of a hindrance sometimes for myself. Cause I kind of, you know, it's like, I hurt myself in the confusion because because there are so many options for me to choose. Um, I also think it can be difficult as as far as um, when people in the non-LGBT community see me and identify me. So my right. main pronouns out of drag are they, she, he. So I am pretty flexible with still being labeled as she. I just prefer they. It's mm -hmm. when people label me with um titles like ma'am I, I i hate being addressed as ma'am out in public there, there's just something in my head that goes i don't like that mm -hmm. and it's because they don't know that i identify as gender fluid they, they just look at me and just you know because of my physical structure they just look at me and say oh woman right right yeah um what was i gonna i was gonna say something to to that well i mean i think you kind of spoke to it well when you talked about your your experience as a drag king that just because you have a drag king king label if you will or just because we have these labels doesn't necessarily inform everything about us that we actually can be a king and have feminine qualities we can be even a cis cis man and have feminine qualities they know it sometimes it can feel those though again those structures can feel very restrictive at times and the, the reality of it is is that you know we can exist in so many different forms yeah it, it it's not one thing or another it, it's more of a spectrum really yeah indeed um do you have any questions or anything to add like is anything coming to mind to talk about at the moment I just want to check yes. in with you yeah, of course. I appreciate that. Um, there was, cause I went back and read, um, my application that I originally submitted. Like if there's anything you want to touch on, um, I'm, I'm not sure if concerned is the right word I want to use, but I am intrigued and want to figure out why there's such a huge ratio of drag queens to drag kings. So the biggest example that I can go off of that happened to me personally, um, my partner and I went to RuPaul's Drag Con in LA this summer. Mm -hmm. And a hu huge event. It was held at the uh, LA Expo. We were there all weekend. And the entire three days they were there, that we were there, we only saw five kings. 
Mm-hmm. Five out of the you oh, know wow. hundreds, if not thousands, of people that were there. Mm-hmm. So, um, Do you have a sense of what that's about. I'm not sure if it has to do with like historically drag queens have been more popular. I mean, um, I, I honestly don't. Maybe it's because uh, certain people are intimidated by the art form they think oh i i could never do something like that um maybe it's because of the popularity because there is a huge uh performance difference between mm-hmm. you know when you look at a drag queen that goes and does their routine versus a drag king so yeah 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 i think there can be some very vast differences yeah i i'm not sure what the why is but it's definitely something that I've experienced where it's like, you can <laughs> you can throw a stone and hit a drag queen. You might have to throw five or six to hit a king. Not, not to say we're throwing stones at yeah. <laughs> drag artists. <laughs> That's kind of what came to mind at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just want to preface this by saying, um, my personal view, I think all drag is valid. It doesn't matter yeah. who you are, you know, everyone's drag, persona and like how they decide to brand themselves as a drag artist is completely up to you and everyone can do it and everyone has their own style you don't have to you know copy you know someone else's look and routine completely you know you have freedom to do your own thing Mm -hmm. can can you share with us maybe a time that you had experienced both spirit you're like both spiritual and drag spirituality and drag at the same time yes i can actually so this past uh pride month i did a specific routine for uh one of my venues so i performed the song holy water by noah davis if no one has heard Mm -hmm. that song please go to youtube pandora spotify and listen to it it's an amazing song Uh, Noah Davis is a very talented uh, trans music artist. And for me, performing that song was kind of a nod to my spiritual upbringing. I didn't necessarily have a negative spiritual upbringing because I didn't know I was queer or had any like indication at that point. Um, But I just think the song is just very powerful based on the lyrics alone. The lyrics are almost like poetry. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, being able to perform that was really the first time that I made that connection between, you know, my spiritual self and my drag persona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like for folks who might not be aware of it, there's one line I think that's really powerful that is like, I don't need your holy water. Um, which I think is very common. I think you probably get it. I get it a lot. Like just being in the public eye, there are plenty of people who claim religion, who decide to tell us we're going to hell or we need to repent or what we're doing is like, you know, all these sorts of things. And I think, yeah, Noah has, I think Noah's song is a great way of saying, you know what, I'm fine. Like, don't worry about me. Like I'm, I'm good, (laughs) you know? And I don't, you know, I don't like, like, I don't need your holy water. And it doesn't have to be that, um, because I think I think religion and spirituality is so diverse and can be expressed differently, even within 
you, their own, I guess, sex, if you will, a very much like our gender identities or our sexual identities that just because we identify as Christian doesn't necessarily tell you the whole, that doesn't really tell you any, that might not really tell you all that much. You know, yeah. there's more conversation that probably needs to be had to really find out what does it being a Christian, what does being a Muslim or what does a Buddhist mean to you and how does it inform like inform how you live your life. Yeah. Those are both, you know, all those questions are huge topics and I wish, you know, everyone can just have a big old sit down and just express their feelings as adults, mm -hmm. you know, in a nice neutral manner, like no yelling, no screaming involved, just everyone talking together and expressing their feelings in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. I've some of, I've one of my biggest supporters in my life is somebody whose religion and a lot of the labels that they identify with, I would just automatically assume does not jive with me. Um, and they might see the world very differently than me, but they show up for me. And if I just said, Oh, they are conservative Christian or they're this or that. And I mean, for many years, I just stayed away because I just assumed that, uh, she would want nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? But actually being able to have a conversation with her, I was able to at least come to more of an understanding. I don't think I can fully understand <laughs> just like she can't fully understand me, but yeah. Um, yeah. Conversations I, I, are so important. Yeah. I've been completely where you're at the first time, you know, someone says, Oh, I'm Christian. I, I do have that bias that I shouldn't have that the first thing that pops in my head like oh they're gonna hate me because of who I am not realizing that there are people out there who identify with the Christian faith who are allies you know mm -hmm. it, it's just there's I'm not sure if bigotry is the right word but there's stereotypical thinking on both sides mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's it's unfortunate um it's unfortunate for sure um we are down to our last couple of minutes um and we're about 45 almost at 45 minutes is there anything else you would like to share with us before we go yeah of course i just want to thank you so much bonnie for inviting me onto your podcast um i've had a lot of fun discussing all these uh topics about spirituality and being in the queer community um I am on various social media platforms. If anyone wants to book me for a show, I am most active on Instagram, but you can also um, find me on TikTok and Twitter as well. All of my handles are at Kai the Drag King. And uh, yeah, I, I've had a lot of fun uh, discussing all these topics with you today. Awesome. Thanks so much. And for folks who might just be listening, Kai is K-A-I the drag king um you also can just take a look in the description um and you can find direct links to um their his socials their socials as well yeah. <laughs> uh it could be so uh interesting too like when we yeah it's like drag persona add a drag persona you know all those sorts of things um thanks so much to you kai and thanks so much to everyone who joined us this evening uh thank you for engaging with question with questions and comments, Anne and Veronica. Um, Hannah Mitchell Art is saying thank you. Is it, Aww, is it show thank it? you, Hannah. Oh, there it goes. Um, 
Hannah says, thank you. And so we're glad that you could join us too, Hannah. Um, join me next week, same time, same place. So Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch um, at, uh, you know, this time, <laughs> wherever you are, uh, you know, like all of the participants are in four different time zones. So um, that can be a little bit wild. Um, I'll just say it's five or 620 Pacific Standard Time. So do the math wherever you are <laughs> um, to find out. I think our my guest next week is Veronica Electronica from Nashville, who was who spoke with us earlier. I hope I'm not misspeaking. I swear I get on these lives and I just my brain goes. <laughs> oh no, same. <laughs> but anywho, same, right? Awesome. Well, thanks again, everyone. Thank you, Kai, and have a great evening. Bye bye. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye.